What a weekend on the gridiron. The NFL switches it up. Plays two on Saturday and two on Sunday. And lo and behold, the Sunday games prove something. You had Indianapolis stunning yours truly in Houston. While we all kind of figured Dallas was going to be competitive against Seattle. And I knew the Chargers were going to get the W against LeVar. But dink, doink was the shock for me. We'll talk about it tonight. The college football championship took place yesterday evening. And Davos boys upset Nick Saban. We'll talk about that. That is a huge shock. The Jackets split the weekend series and now heads to battle against the number one team in the NHL. I am not looking forward to this weekend's games. Week's games. While the Walleye struggle against Wheeling on Saturday night. But have a good week overall. And a special note on tonight's edition of All Andy Alfred. Today's temperature in the city of Toledo was 54 degrees. Tomorrow morning it's going to be 18 degrees. A 40 degree difference. But there's no difference here because you're listening to All Andy Alfred tonight. Right here on the Anchor Network. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. 24 runs in the span of the Shut out. Gambino! Yes, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And I love you guys, and welcome in to this, the 8th of January, 2019 edition of all Andy Alfred, right here on your exclusive home for me, the Anchor Network. And you're listening to me on the plethora of platforms, whether it be iTunes and Apple Podcasts, whether it be Google Podcasts, whether it be Stitcher, we're now on TuneIn Radio as well, too, as well as Podcasts Now. Wherever you're listening to me, however you're listening to me, and whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. Got a lot to get into tonight. Of course, we're going to recap the walleye and their struggle this past Saturday against Wheeling. And we'll talk about the ECHL All-Star Game that is happening soon. Yes, it's happening. It's upcoming in two weeks away from the ECHL All-Star teams and playing at the Huntington Center and ECHL All-Star Week. And next week, we will set up all of what is going to be happening on our show. We're going to have special shows via Facebook as well as on the podcast as well. So uh, looking forward to sharing you sharing the details with you guys about that going forward. And there might be a possibility of a meet and greet happening as well. So stick tuned, stay tuned to the podcast and stay tuned to our Twitter page. By the way, are you following us on Facebook right now? On following us on Twitter? Follow us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford. And if you want to watch the show when we do Facebook Live, of course, find me on Facebook. It is at Andy Elford. Andy Elford is the name for that. So welcome into the program. Got a lot to get into tonight, of course. We're going to recap the walleye as well as the Blue Jackets and their struggles and who they are facing this week could honestly, in my opinion, set up what this rest of this season is going to be. Plain and simple. We'll talk about that. But uh, like I said, you can always follow the show on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford. So let's get right into it, and let's start talking about first. We'll talk about the NFL. I know we had the national championship yesterday. It's so fresh in our mind, but the NFL is still in the hot button talking points, and I want to get right into it first and foremost. A great sled of weekend games in the wild card setup. Uh, great games. And it all kicked off at 4.35 on Saturday afternoon as the Indianapolis Colts headed into Reliant Stadium in Houston, Texas to battle J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans. And Andrew Luck came out swinging in this game. He did a fantastic job as the Colts improve and get the win and play play again 
The best of one, of course, is what they were talking about all week. Indianapolis a winner, 21-7 over the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson, 29 for 49, 235, one TD, one interception. He also ran the ball eight times for 76 yards, no TDs in the game. Lamar Hill, Miller, excuse me, five touches, 18, 180 yards in, uh, excuse me, 18 yards, no TDs in the game. For Indianapolis in the game, oh, excuse me, uh, Miller, eight catches, 63 yards, no TDs for Houston. It was Kiki Cortez, 11 catches, 110 yards, one TD in the game. For Indianapolis, Andrew Luck, a good game, 19 for 32, 222, two TDs, one interception. Um, Mack gets 24 catches for 148, one TD, and it was a pretty much a run game for Indianapolis in that game. T.Y. Hilton, five catches, 85 yards, no TDs in the game. Inman, Four catches, 53 yards, one TD in the game. Breakdown looks like this. Indianapolis had 26 first down plays to Houston, 21. They were 9 for 14 on third down. Houston, 3 for 13. Houston had 322 yards total offense, 217 to the air, 105 on the ground. Indianapolis had 422, 222 yards through the air, 200 on the ground. They had two penalties for 10 yards. In the game, Houston had eight penalties for 67 yards. Both teams turned over the football one time. So, a great start to the to the season, the playoff season in the NFL. But in my opinion, the key game was Saturday night's game in Jerry World. You had Ezekiel Elliott, who has been not that great, Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott versus Russell Wilson. And the Seattle Seahawks. Now this game set up to be a barn burner. And it was. It was really a barn burner. If Seattle would have not have failed on that two point conversion. I think Seattle would have won the football game in overtime. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But Seattle fails. And Dallas moves on. And Prescott had a terrific game. 22 of 33, 226, one TD, one interception. He ran the ball six times for 29 yards. He also ran and in for a touchdown. And, he, and when you give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott, nine times out of ten, he's going to give you positive yards. Nine times out of ten, he's going to give you positive yards. And he proved it against Seattle. 26 cut touches for 137 yards, one TD. And when he get when he you throw it to him, he gets four catches for 32 yards. A great game for 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 Zeke. Amari Cooper stepping up to the plate again, showing that the, that was a big trade. Seven catches, 106 yards, one TD in the game. Cole Beasley three catches, 28 yards, no TDs in the game for Seattle in the game. Wilson, a struggle, 18 for 27, 233, 1 TD, zero interception. He ran the ball three times for 14 yards, 1 TD in the game. Penny had four touches for 29 yards, no TDs in the game. Lockett, four catches, 120 yards, zero TDs. Dickerson, four catches, 42 yards, zero TDs in the game. A breakdown looks like this. Dallas had 23 first downs to Seattle's 11. Dallas was 4 for 11 on third down. Seattle was 2 for 13. Dallas had 380 yards of total offense, 216 on the air, 164 on the ground. And this is why the defense stepped up for Dallas, and that's why they won the game. Seattle had 294 yards of total offense in the game, 229, no, 299, excuse me, 299 in the game, 226 through the air, 73 yards, 73 yards, held them to double digits. On the run game, five penalties, 36 yards for Seattle, six penalties, 36 yards for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys turned over the football one time. Wilson did a pretty good job not turning over the football in that game. So Dallas moves on. They'll play the Rams. It will also be Indianapolis playing Kansas City, and we'll hit those previews here in just a second. But we get to Sunday, and this was the interesting games, in my opinion. Baltimore is a snooze fest of a team, and it proved it on Sunday. They did not get going, and I, I kind of blame this a little bit on LeVar Jackson, in my opinion. 
You know, this is a kid that's got high spunk, high praise. He's a fast, he's a fast kid. And he never really stepped up to the plate until we got to the fourth quarter. Stepped up to the plate, didn't didn't really step up. And Phil Rivers had a not that great of a game. LeVar Jackson had a horrible game in this game. And it was 12-0. And this was the first first time that no team this whole weekend, no team has scored more than 24 points. And the first time that in playoff history, that no team has scored two touchdowns combined in the first half. Unbelievable. But the Chargers did get the win. 23-17 over the Baltimore Ravens. Rivers, 22 for 32. 160, no touchdowns, no interceptions in the game. He had also ran the ball three times for 15 yards, no TDs. Melvin Gordon, 17 touches for 40 yards, one TD in the game. Williams, two catches, 42 yards, no TDs in the game. Keenan Allen, four catches, 37 yards, no TDs in the game. For Baltimore, it was LeVar Jackson, 14 for 24, 194, two TDs, one interception, that and a one fumble that cost them the game. He also ran the ball nine times for 54 yards, no TDs in the game. Edwards, I mean, Edwards eight touches, 23 yards, no TDs in the game. Dixon, three catches, 53 yards, no TDs in the game. Michael Crabtree had two touches, catches for 38 yards, two TDs in the game. He was the only bright spot in the Baltimore team on Sunday as Baltimore loses and are eliminated from the playoffs. No AFC North team this year, folks. And now we get to the Bear game. I wanted to have my broadcast partner, my former broadcast partner, Nick the Money Man DeVere here today. On Sunday, I had the opportunity to go to his house where he lives with his beautiful family. My aunts, my uncles, my cousins. It's my cousin, Nick. Had the opportunity to go to the game, watch the game with him. Had a nice spread. They had carnitas and buffalo chicken dip. It It was fantastic. Enjoyed the game. This game, in my opinion, was the best game I have seen all year in the NFL. All year. It had drama. It had suspense. And that was all for the, with the less than a minute to play in the game. The Bears had the opportunity, and they had plenty of opportunities to get the game. Their defense wasn't that great. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Nick Foles, you know, is just Nick Foles. He is money when it comes to this time of year. He's a tremendous player. Fantastic. And Darren Sproles is just fantastic as well, too. You give him a hole and he'll find it. Golden Tate proving that Detroit didn't need to give him up. They did not need to give him up, and he's making Philadelphia tremendous with him on the field. Absolutely tremendous. And it all boiled down to Parkey. Now, Parkey had missed missed countless extra points against Detroit, missed an extra point attempt against Minnesota in week 17. He was pretty solid. He had two two attempts throughout the evening, 35 yards and a couple chip shot and a chip shot for, you know, an extra point. But this one was a big moment for the Bears. This was a big moment for the Bears. And for this kid to have that kick blocked, and I will say it was blocked, because we've come down to find out that the kid from the former kid from the University of Toledo 
University of Toledo blocked the kick, tipped it, deflected it, made it go a little bit to the left, and it hits the uprights. Now, when I first saw that, I thought it hit the upright, went and hit the back of the, you know, the back of the post, and then bounced back onto play. I said, it's a Dawson. If you remember the Phil Dawson play where he kicked a game, a tying field goal with no time left to play against Baltimore, it goes off the back pylon and then back onto the field to play. That's what I thought happened. That's what I thought happened. But looking at the replay again and seeing it over and over again, and Al Michaels just kept playing it. Mount Collins were paying. Nagy just was in shock. I was just in shock. I couldn't believe it. I I, I just couldn't believe that he missed that off of the deflection. And the Bears lose 16-15. to In the game... Nick Foles, 25 for 40, 266, two TDs, two interceptions. Sproles, like I said, 13 carries, 21 yards, no TDs. Golden Tate, five catches, 46 yards, one TD in the game. Ashawn Jeffrey, six catches, 82 yards, no TDs in the game. Trubisky had a great game, 26 for 43, 303 yards, one TD, one, no interceptions. He also ran the ball three times for nine yards, no TDs in the game. Howard, 10 touches, 35 yards, no TDs in the game. Robinson, 10 catches, 143 yards, 1 TD in the game. Gabriel, 4 catches, 37 yards, no TDs in the game. And, you know, and my pick is out. The ba- I have the Bears playing the Chargers for the Super Bowl. That's done. That's done. It sucks. This sucks. The Bears had a chance. They've had they had a chance to do this to get it away and to crush the defending Super Bowl champions and they just couldn't do it. I'm rooting for New Orleans now because I I, I I know I have a couple fans that listen to this podcast that are Philly fans, but this one this this one really hurt. This one really hurt. To watch my cousin, you know, he had no my, Nick had no reaction to this. He was just stunned. That's the first time in a long time I've seen him just stunned. Just stood there. Couldn't believe it. My my other cousin, Jen, that was there, she's, she just said, Are you effing kidding me? My cousin-in-law, Mike, just laughing away. Well, what does he expect? He's a Browns fan. He just laughs it away. Now the only local representative, technically local representative, in the NFL playoffs is the Indianapolis Colts. The Bears were close, Baltimore was close, and now Indianapolis. You know, but we shall see. Breakdown looks like this: the Eagles had 21 first downs to the Bears 17. Philadelphia six for 13 on third down. The the Bears five for 16. Philly, 300 yards of total offense, 258 through the air, and the Bears held them. The defense really stood up, 42 yards on the ground. Chicago, 356, 291 through the air, 65 on the ground. Both teams had three penalties in the game. The Bears, three penalties, 52 yards. That was a bad pass interference penalty for that cost them that one. Three penalties, 25 yards for the Eagles. The Eagles gave up the football two times. The Bears did not. So the Bears are out. The Texans are out. I had Dallas, of course, last week. Looking at the picks again, like I mentioned before, I had Dallas. I had Houston. I had the Bears. And I had the Chargers. So, two for two. Two and two last week. So now we go into... This playoff series is now the divisional round, and then we'll get into the championship round. And the divisional round looks like this. Saturday sees Indianapolis in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. 435 kickoff on NBC. 
And here's my predictions. I'm going to take Indianapolis to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The nightcap sees the Dallas Cowboys head over to L.A. to take on the L.A. Rams. 8-15 kickoff for that one. I'm going to take the Cowboys to defeat the Rams. I think the Rams are still young and inexperienced. I don't think they're re- quite ready just yet. Sunday's game sees the Chargers as a rematch of the 2007 AFC Championship game. Philip Rivers and the Chargers head into Foxborough to take on New England and the Patriots. It's a 105 kickoff on CBS. I think Philip Rivers is going to run into the Drew the Tom Brady and Julian Elman train, and I think the Patriots are going to get the job done and get the win over the Chargers. The nightcap sees New Orleans and Drew Brees host the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. This one's a tough one. Nobody can really beat New Orleans in the Dome. But I'm going to take Philadelphia to beat New Orleans, which sets up a Dallas-Philadelphia matchup, possibly for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. An NFC East final showdown. And we'll see what happens. So, Indianapolis and Dallas on Saturday. Sunday, I see New England and Philadelphia. As you are listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. Now let's talk about Dabo and his boys and the college football championship. And boy, oh boy, what a shocker. So how about this national championship game, folks? A lot of us, including yours truly, thought, you know, you've seen this game, and I'm thinking, oh, the fourth round of this game, the fourth time we're seeing this. Last year we saw this in the Sugar Bowl, Clemson versus Alabama, and we saw Alabama get the job done in giving Nick Saban his seventh championship. Now you have Dabo, Lawrence versus Tua and that offense. Nick Saban's offense. Looking at this game, going before kickoff, I told I was on Instagram and I said, take Alabama. And I said, take it gets the points. This game was one of the most interesting games I've seen in a while. It wasn't that great of a football game entirely because it was more of a shootout than anything else early on. I mean, they scored 21 points in the first five minutes of the game. Clemson had 14. Alabama had seven. Both teams had their first drives. They went three and out. And then Alabama started up the started it up, went up seven nothing. Clemson really back with another seven and with seven seven. And then a pick six makes it then an interesting game for Clemson. Made it fourteen to seven. We were only five minutes in the game, but Clemson. Turned on the heat. Made Tua make some bad mistakes. And bad plays. And it cost Alabama the national championship. And Clemson put their foot, their paw, right on that Alabama tusk. And right on that snout of that elephant. And choked it out. And Clemson is your national champion this year. The first team in the modern era to go 15-0 in college football with a 44-16 win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. No roll tie tonight. 
for yours truly. Lawrence, 20 for 32. He was named the MVP of the game. He had 347 yards through the air, three touchdowns, zero interceptions in the game. TE, 14 touches, 86 yards, two TDs in the game. Choice, seven touches, 12 yards, no TDs in the game. Ross had six catches, 153 yards, one TD in the game. Higgins, three catches, 81 yards, one TD in the game for Clemson. For Alabama, Tua, 22 for 34, 295, two TDs, two interceptions in the game. One of them was the pick six that cost, in my opinion, excuse me, Alabama the game and all the momentum. Harris, nine touches, 59 yards, no TDs in the game. Jetty, five catches, 193, 139 yards, one TD in the game. Smith, six catches, 65 yards, no TDs in the game. Breakdown looks like this. Alabama had 23 first downs to Clemson, 21. Clemson, 10 for 15 on third down. Alabama, 4 for 13. Clemson, 482 yards of total offense, 347 through the air, 135 on the ground. One penalty, 12 yard penalty, 12 yards. No interception of the game for Alabama. 433 through the 433 in total, 295 through the air, 148 on the ground. They had six penalties for 60 yards on the game, two TDs in the game. So the national championship wasn't that great of a crowd of what I was looking at through the game. A lot of empty seats. And it's to be expected because you're both teams are further away from where the national championship is playing played at. It's playing played in Santa Clara, California, and you're being played in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and over there in in uh, in Carolina. They're not going to draw big crowds for the national championship game, especially with this game being this game being repeated four times in the last these two teams playing each other for the last four straight years. For the last four straight years. But uh, interesting news, noteworthy to pass along. Uh, Vegas has already come out with the odds for the 2020 National Championship. Clemson's a 7-4 favorite. Alabama 5-2. Georgia 8-1. Ohio State is 12-1. Michigan is 14-1. Oklahoma is 16-1. Texas is 21. Nebraska, Washington, Florida, Notre Dame, and Oregon are 30-1. to 295 to 1. That's the odds for Bowling Green to win a national championship. That's not going to happen. But it's 233 days till opening day and opening night for the new era with Scott Leffler and his crew as Bowling Green will open up with Morgan State on the 28th of August. That is a Thursday night, 7 o'clock kickoff. That's going to be at the Doit. So uh, season tickets are available right now going to bgsufalcons.com for more ticket information. So, you know, college football right around the corner. And by the way, in Andy Rance tonight, I'm going to do the reflection on this college football season. But let's just say that this, this year has been an interesting year in college football. And I'm glad it's officially over. Glad it's officially now over. Bring on college basketball. <laughs> As you're listening to All NBL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's dive in from the gridiron to the pond and let's hit the ice. Jackets have got a big schedule this week. And it all starts tonight in Florida. So the Jackets now are on the road. Right now they've been on the road for the last, this past week. After the New Year's Day, New Year's Eve game against the Ottawa Senators, they hit the road and they battle a Metropolitan opponent in the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes jumping out to an early 2-0 lead from Hamilton and Fur, in Furland. Hamilton his fifth, Furland his twelfth, before Oliver Bjorkstrand got the Jackets going on his sixth goal of the season. Made it two to one, but it was just too much for the Jackets. 
as McCraig tallies another one. It was his thir- his first as a hurricane. Made it 3-1. Artemi Bernarin gets it closer with the Jackets, his 13th of the season, but a Christian Ajo, his 16th of the season, puts it away as the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Blue Jackets 4-2. Jackets were outshot in the game 24-31, 54% on the faceoff dot to Carolina's 46. Both teams over on the power play. Columbus had 32 hits. They out-hit the, the Hurricanes 32-29. to Then we get to Saturday. That was on Thursday night. On Saturday night, the Jackets went into Sunrise, Florida to take on the Florida Panthers. Panthers having somewhat of a bad season this year. And Huberto gets the goal started. to be Andrew Claire, Andrew du, Anthony Duclair excuse me, scoring for the Jackets. His ninth of the season, starting it all off for the Jackets. It was 1-0 before Huberto gets his 11th of the year. Hoffman then buries it. It is 2-1 in favor of the Panthers before Josh Anderson, his 15th of the season, making it a 2-2 game. Brandon Dubitsky then tying it on a 4-on-4 even strength play. His 14th, excuse me, his 4th of the season and made it 3-2 Jackets. And I had that feeling that the Jackets were going to give it away, and they did. Aaron Ekblad, the rookie, since the former rookie sensation out of Florida, buries his eighth pass. Sergey Bobrovsky, his eighth of the season, tying the game at three apiece. We headed into overtime, and then Seth Jones, the All-Star representative, one of the All-Star representatives for the Blue Jackets, gets the overtime game winner, his seventh of the season, as the Jackets get the win over the Florida Panthers, four to three. Jackets out shooting the Florida Panthers 35 to 30 in the game. They were out beat in the faceoff department by 52% to 48%. Both teams 0 for on the power play, 0 for 1 and 0 for 2. The Jackets out hit in the game 33 to 19. So now this week is a huge week for the Jackets. This week, I'm going to tell you right now, folks, is a determining factor if this team is legitimate. And I'm telling you this right now. Mark this down. On this day, the 8th of January, 2018. If the Jackets have to either take two of three or at least get three out of six points out of these next three games, they have to. These are big games for the Blue Jackets. And it all starts tonight in Tampa when you're playing the best team in the league and the Tampa Bay Lightning. 7.30 puck drop, Jackets, and the Lightning, that game on Fox Sports Ohio. Then Thursday, back at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard, Ryan Johansson, P.K. Subban, and Pekka Rene and the Nashville Predators come into Nationwide Arena. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. Then Saturday, a pivotal game in the Metropolitan Division. As the Jackets go to D.C. to hopefully help the shutdown and shut down the Capitals. As they will play the Capitals, 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. You can watch all the games on Fox Sports Ohio as well as on the Blue Jackets app. Looking at the sta- looking at some of the scores from around the NHL from last night in the NHL. A little bit of a light night in the NHL. Those Nashville Predators that we will see on Thursday night were in beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and they put up a shutout 4 to nothing over the Leafs. It was the Calgary Flames, the top team in the Western Conference, with a 4-3 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. St. Louis getting a 3-0 win over the Flyers. Minnesota gets a 1-0 win over the Montreal Canadiens. And then in the nightcap on NBCSN, the Sharks get a 3-1 win over the L.A. Kings. Tonight on the docket, besides the Jackets and Lightning, it will be the Wild are in Boston to take on the Bruins. New Jersey is in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Carolina is in New York to take on the Islanders. The Penguins will host the Panthers. It will be the Capitals, the defending Stanley Cup champions, in home at home to take on the Philadelphia Flyers. Detroit is at home to take on the Montreal Canadiens. St. Louis is at home to take on the Saint, uh, the Dallas Stars. It will also be the Colorado Avalanche on the road to take on the Winnipeg Jets. That game at 8 p.m. start time. The late game, Dal, uh, excuse me, 
Late game, San Jose is at home to take on the Edmonton Oilers. And the Vegas Golden Knights at home to take on the New York Rangers. Looking at the standings going into tonight's play, the Jackets facing a Tampa team that is 32-8-2 with 66 points, leading the Metropolitan Division and leading the NHL in the Atlantic Division and the NHL. Toronto is in second at 27-13-2 with 56 points. Boston is 24-14-4 with 52 points. Metro looks like this. Da uh, Washington is 25-12-4 with 54 points. Pittsburgh is 23-13-6 with 52 points. The Jackets are 24-14-3 with 51 points. Wildcard standings. The Islanders are now 23-13-4 with 50 points. Buffalo 22-14-6 with 50 points. On the outside looking in, sees the Montreal Canadiens at 22 16 and 5 with 49 points. Carolina 4, 19, 17 and 5 with 43 points. Florida 17, 16 and 7 with 41 points. The Rangers 17, 17 and 7 with 41 points. The Devils 16, 18 and 7 with 39 points. The struggling Red Wings are 16, 21 and 7 with 39 points. And a news noteworthy note to pass along for that the Red Wings have not had consecutive wins since December 1st, 2018. Philadelphia is 15-21-6 with 36 points. Ottawa 15-23-5 with 35 points. Western Conference looks like this. Nashville is in front at 26-15-3 with 55 points. Winnipeg 26-13-2 with 54 points. Colorado is 20-14-8-8 with 48 points in the, in the Central Division. In the Pacific, it is the Calgary Flames at 27-13-4 with 58 points. Vegas 26 15 and 4 with 56 points. San Jose 24 13 7 with 55 points. Wildcard standing sees the Dallas Stars at 22 17 and 4 with 48 points. Minnesota 21 17 and 3 with 45 points. On the outside looking in is the Anaheim Ducks at 19 7 and 7 with 45 points. Vancouver 20 21 and 4 with 44 points. Edmonton 20 19 and 3 with 43 points. Arizona 18 21 and 3 with 39 points. Chicago 16 22 and 7 with 39 points. St. Louis, 17, 19, and 4 with 36 points. And the second to worst team in all the league, the LA Kings at 17, 4, 24, and 3 with 37 points. Notes to pass along in the NHL newsworthy to pass along. Um, uh, Andre Vasilevsky has been named as a replacement for Carey Price in the NHL All Star game. Uh, Nick Schultz is going to be out for the rest of the season with a lower body injury from the Arizona Coyotes as well. And also one other newsworthy note to pass along to you. Uh, the roster has been announced. And we're on to the last man in in the All-Star game. Each division will have one representative left out in and you, the fan, are going out to vote for it. The voting ends this upcoming on the 10th, which is this upcoming Thursday. Definitely get out a chance to go vote for Nick Felino and the Blue Jackets. Of course, I, I've been voting every day. You get up to 10 votes a day to, to send your guy to San Jose. And uh, I have a I have four guys I've, I want to send to San Jose that are having breakout years. One is Dylan Larkin. Larkin definitely deserves it. He's got 18 goals this excuse me, 19 goals this year. Definitely deserves its opportunity. There's only one representative for the Red Wings right now. So two would be fine. Nick Felino from the Metropolitan Division, another. Uh Dry is the other kid from Edmonton. I think should have an opportunity to go to to uh he's having a breakout year as well, too. And as well as Patrick Line. Why is not Line in this? Line versus Matthews? Come on, folks. That would be a dream match. One of the best dream matchups. We only get to see that twice a year. How about in an all-star game? Voting ends this upcoming Thursday. And like I said, you can vote up to 10 times. And the NHL last man in. Let's get Nick Foligno in there so you can get that, po that bonus paycheck to help out his, his daughter who had successful surgery. He was away from the team. His daughter had a planned surgery. It was successful. His daughter's doing well. He's with without the team for a little bit of time. So I wish Nick Felino and Jan and the Felino family a hopefully a speedy recovery. And we can't wait to see you back on the ice, Nick. 
and we hope that your daughter is doing okay. As you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. And now it is time. Let's talk about the walleye, and let's talk about the ECHL All-Star Game. So the walleye are back in action, uh, taking two or three from this past weekend and losing a pretty big game on Saturday night at the Huntington Center. But let's recap the week that was for the walleye. And let's start with Thursday night. They were in Wheeling to take on the Nailers. Greg Wolf, Register, Burschback, Topling, and Hensick with two goals in the game propelled the walleye to a 6-2 win over the Wheeling Nailers. It was Joseph and Burschk. Excuse me, Burrs, his eighth of the season, as it was the Nailers losing six to two. The Walleye out being outshot 35 to 22 in the game. The Walleye three for four on the power play, wheeling one for five on the power play. You get to get to Friday's game. The Jackets, excuse me, not the Jackets, but the Walleye continuing their winning ways and Game of Thrones weekend that was the jerseys were fantastic. The jerseys were fantastic. I get, I gotta give the wall like credit on that one. Those were really sharp looking, and Kalamazoo coming into their re- in wearing the gray jerseys was stellar as well as the walleye with Brian Moore, Shane Bershek, and Topping all scoring for the fish, giving the fish a three-two win over the Kalamazoo Wings, Collins and Lubin. All scoring for the Wings. The Wings had 30 shots on net. They were 0 for 4 on the power play. The Walleye 26 shots on net. They were 2 for 3 on the power play. Then you get to Saturday. And you had a rematch of Thursday's game. As the Walleye took on the Wheeling Nailers. And the Nailers just pounded the fish. Pounded the fish. Absolutely destroying the fish. By a score of 8-2. to two. Router, his second. Austin, two goals in the game. Austin, Josephs, Hiranos, two in the game. Christianberg, Lorenzo, all scoring for the Nailers. It was Hensick and Federo scoring for the Fish. The Fish outshot in the game, out shooting in the game 31-26. to 26. The Nailers, two for six on the power play. The Walleye, 0 for seven on the power play. 0 for 7 on the power play. Unbelievable. And, and, and they're the with that win, that win on Friday night against Kalamazoo propelled them to the number one spot in the standings. Did that hold up? Not so much with the loss on Saturday. As in the Central Division, the Cincinnati Cyclones are now Back on top with a record of 23-7-2-2 with 50 points. The Walleye 23-8-3-0 and and with 49 points. Fort Wayne 19-14-0-1 with 39 points. Indianapolis is 18-16-0-0 with 36 points. Wheeling is now 17-15-2-0 with 36 points. Kalamazoo 15-18-0-1 with 31 points. Looking at the rest of the standings in the East Coast Hockey League. Newfoundland in the North Division. Newfoundland is 21-11-1-0 with 43 points. Anirondack 19-9-3-2 with 43 points. It is the Reading Royals at 16-9-3-5 with 40 points. Uh, Maine is now 19-13-0-1 with 39 points. Manchester 17-15-1-1 with 36 points. Brampton 15-17-2-1 with 33 points. Worcester 14-16-3-2 with 33 points. So the playoffs started today. Newfoundland, Adirondack, Redding. All those four teams would make the playoffs for the North. In the South Division, the best team overall is the, and the best team overall in the East Coast Hockey League is the Florida Everblades at 23-7-5-0 with 51 points. South Carolina, 2014-1-0 with 41 points. Jacksonville, 1914-1-0 with 39 points. Orlando 17 14 3 and 0 with 37 points. Greenville 14 9 3 and 2 with 33 points. Norfolk is 14 18 2 and 2 with 32 points. And Atlanta is 8 19 5 and 1 with 22 points. In the West Division Mountain region, 
It is the Utah Grizzlies are at 28-3-1 with 44 points. Idaho is 20-11-1-2 with 43 points. Tulsa's 18-12-4-2 with 42 points. Kansas City 18-13-1-1 with 38 points. Wichita is 15-14-5-3 with 38 points. It is the Rap- Rapid City Rush at 15-17-2-3 with 35 points. And the Allen Americans at 9-27-0-2 with 20 points. Games looking at games going forward. In tonight's play in the East Coast Hockey League, Maine is actually a game has gone final now officially. Maine has get the win, loses in Newfoundland eight to four to the to the Newfoundland Growlers. It will be Manchester taking on Adirondack. Indianapolis is in Kansas as at home to take on the Kansas City Mavericks. Rapid City is in Tulsa to take on the Oilers. The next game for the Walleye, of course, coming up will be in Boise, Idaho, a three-game home. Stand for the for the Steelheads starting off tomorrow night at 7:10 Mountain Standard Time, which will be 9:10 Eastern Standard Time. The Cyclones are at home to take on the Utah Grizzlies at the U.S. Bank Arena on Thursday. And there's no game slated, but the weekend series looks like this. Like I said, the Walleye on the road. They're in Idaho Friday, Saturday, and tomorrow night. The, the Cyclones head to Kansas City to take on the Mavericks. Fort Wayne is in Indianapolis to take on the Fuel. And Kalamazoo is at home, at home to take on the Brampton Beast. So last yesterday evening, well, excuse me, yesterday, the ECHL came out with the ECHL rosters. And coaches today for the 2019 ECHL All-Star Game that will be taking place here in the city of Toledo on the Glass City at the Huntington Center. Uh, looking forward to that. We're going to be doing a lot of shows going up and coming to that. We're going to get a chance to talk. I got to, I'm going to get a chance to talk to my good friend and ours, Everett Fitzhugh from the Cincinnati Cyclones, and his head coach is going to be coaching the Western Conference All-Stars, and the Florida Everblades coach will be coaching for the Eastern Conference All-Stars. And looking at the rosters going into that EC into the ECHL All-Star game, looks like this. First and foremost, looks like this. Of course, like I said, Matt Thomas going to be coaching the Western Conference All-Stars and Brad Ralph going to be coaching the Eastern Conference All-Stars, both named coaches for the ECHL. For the ECHL All-Star team, there'll be a Team Finns versus a Team Hooks. For the Walleye, two teams separated out. Burschback capturing one, A.J. Jenks capturing the other. And here are the players going to the Eastern Conference. Start, uh, for the Eastern Conference, from the Worcester Railers, Mitch Gilliam. Dejan Mingo, the former walleye from the Jacksonville Iceman. Sean Day from the Maine Mariners. David Kokomas from the Manchester Monarchs. Mike Zumala from the Ironrondack Thunder. David Pecan from the Brampton Beast. Joe Cox from the Florida Everblades. Joe Hano May from the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Gerardo Espan from the Newfoundland Growlers. And also rounding out the forwards, Jonathan Kubero from the South Carolina Stingrays. The alternates are Brent McKenzie from the Atlanta Gladiators, Jared Simic from the Norfolk Admirals, Brent Peterson from the Orlando Solar Bears, and Stephen Savoy from the Reading Royals. The Western Conference will see this. Thomas Strome for the Idaho Steelheads, Alex Brenton from the Allen Americans, Neil Manning from the Indianapolis Fool, Kevin Spinoli, Spinozzi from the Wheeling Nailers, Vassal Goltoff from the Cincinnati Cyclones, Justin Hodgman from the Fort Wayne Comets, Justin Taylor from the Kalamazoo Wings, Jared Van Warmer from the Kansas City Mavericks, Andrew Renchenoff from the Rapid City Rush, and Stephen Abacus from the Wichita Thunder. The alternatives see Evans Fitzpatrick from the Tulsa Oilers and Caleb Hubert from the Utah Grizzlies. And that is the rosters 
for this upcoming ECHL All-Star Game. Like I mentioned, two teams from the Walleye, the Team Hooks and Team and Team Finns will battle it out against Eastern Conference and Western Conference All-Stars. And we will also have the skills competition that will take place in the middle of the game. And that's all going to be taking place the 21st of January 2019 at the Huntington Center. Tickets, less than 1,000 tickets remain for this. So get your tickets today by calling 419-725-WALL or visit ToledoWalleye.com. Also, get downtown. We're going to have an all-star fan fest, of course. It starts Friday night at Hensville Park. There are going to be a lot of displays. The Stanley Cup will be in a presence, as well as the Hockey Hall of Fame as well. And a key piece to make mention of this, um, Sunday, the 20th, is the ECHL Luncheon. You'll have the ECHL Hall of Fame inductions of Rick Judson of the Toledo of formerly of the Toledo Storm is going to be going in as well as the Toledo Hockey Hall of Fame. Mike Aruzioni is going to be going in. Chris McSorley as well too. Big names. Definitely check this one out Sunday and then there is a walleye game Sunday night as the walleye take on the Fort Wayne Comets as we honor Toledo Hockey Heritage Weekend during All-Star Weekend this this not this upcoming weekend but the 20th and the 21st. So looking forward to that and looking forward to having you guys downtown. And if you're coming in out of the area and you're listening to the program, definitely stop by the man cave. We'll definitely have a chat as you'll probably see me more and more downtown than anything else. As you're listening to all Andy offer tonight, right here on the anchor network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google podcast, podcast, now stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me and however you're listening to me, Thank you for tuning in to the program tonight. And now let's head into the end of the program. And it's time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight. And first and foremost, I want to thank you for tuning into the program tonight and making the show possible. Without you, the listeners, this show wouldn't be any this show wouldn't be anywhere near to the capability that we do this show. And um, I want to thank you for from the bottom of my heart for listening into the program tonight. I know I have some new listeners, of course. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you doing? We do shows every Tuesday, and now with the ECHL All-Star Game happening in less than two weeks, we will be doing shows starting next week every Friday night. Yes, every Friday night again. And we'll be doing a Facebook Live show, of course. So looking forward to being back on the Facebook side of things. Follow me on Facebook. That's at Andy Alfred, and we'll talk a lot about ECHL hockey as well as whatever topic is on the hand. So um, let's dive right into it. And Andy Rance tonight. And first and foremost, I want to thank um, I want to thank my my family, my second family, of course, not just my coworkers and everything like that. I want to thank my family at Toledo School for the Arts. Uh, I had an opportunity to go back to back to high school and back to my roots. As the Toledo School for the Arts every year does, uh, the first Friday of January is the TSA Alumni Weekend. Got a chance to catch up with a lot of people. Of course, my good friends Jacob Madden, Neil Powell, as well as Jonathan Hare and Megan Leslie Hare. Megan Leslie Hare, I can say that now. Yeah. And uh, my good friend and ours, Lucas Sigerson, was there in attendance. And we're going to have Lucas on the program upcoming soon. Before the baseball season begins, of course, as well as we'll probably get him on the air for the ECHL All Star Weekend that's happening as well. Um, yeah, I got a lot of ch- chance to l- talk to a good friend of mine, Dom Gray, who's out living in Berlin. Uh, if you have never seen his show, he has a one man show. It's uh, Technic Sonic Nine Thousand, if I'm not mistaken. I hope I didn't butcher it wrong, Dom. But it was it was a fantastic. He did a fantastic segment of the show. I love seeing his stuff. He does a fantastic job. Um, uh, John Toad did a fan, John Doe did a good job. Um, yeah, it was great to be back in back in my alma mater. Great to see everybody, of course. And the funny story happened is this: when I was at TSA at, at the alumni event, I saw this gentleman. He was with his wife. I knew who he was, but I didn't really want to think who it was until Lucas talked to him. 
he talked to himself. It was Joe. I forget his his last name, but anyway, the guy is the judge who saw me for my accident that I got hit with the fine for, and my points, uh, some points on my record. To see him there, and to know that his daughter was an alumni at TSA really was just a shock to me. Honestly, it was a shock, but but yeah, it was it was a case of deja vu. I was like, I've I've seen you before. Where have I seen you before? And I was like, all right, that's the guy who gave me the hundred and twenty some odd dollar fine and court fees that I had to pay. So. But yeah, overall the show was fantastic. And if if you if your if your young daughter or son is interested in arts program, visit ts4arts.org, and um, they're getting ready to do the lottery. They teach sixth through twelfth grade, best educations you can get. Great faculty, great staff, and great learning experience at Toledo School for the Arts. I know it's a shameless plug, but I love I love TSA and. TSA loves me back, so I love you guys so much. That's why I say I love you guys, because I learned that, because I say that a lot when I was at TSA. So let's talk about this. Um, A reflection on the college football season, of course. Um, This has been one of the – an interesting year in college football, whether it be Urban Meyer stepping down at the end of the season with his – with the – with the – what's happening in his – in his head – um, to the the lackluster performance of Michigan against Ohio State in the in the in, in the game, to the fact that Bowling Green couldn't find, have get the right coach, and UT struggling and losing to FIU in the Bahamas Bowl. This has been a tremendous season in college. It's been a down year in college football in the local spectrum, but overall nationally, it's been an interesting year with Alabama being fantastic, Notre Dame coming out of nowhere and being one of the surprises out of this season. I look forward to seeing what happens in 2019 in the 150th year of college football and college football sports. And I'm just looking forward to next season and the countdown is on. And Scott Leffler's career at Bowling Green. I love his tweet the other day. He posted that he's going to be hitting the Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana area is hard for recruiting upcoming. And I love hearing that, that he's going to go after the local kids. And the kids that he has already gotten and committed to, I love every one of them. I think Bowling Green is going to be a competitive team this year. But we'll see what happens. You play the game on the field, not on the paper. So I look forward to seeing what happens in 2019 in this college football season. And one final note to pass along to you. Tonight's show is dedicated to two people, of course. One is always my loving and caring and compassionate girlfriend. And that's Amanda. I love you, baby cakes. You mean the more you mean the world to me in this show, I hope is tremendous and I can't wait to see you and can't wait to hang out with you more and more as we do every single time. I love you and I can't wait to see you. But the other dedication is to my sister, Kate, Katie. Katie is turning the big 21. I want to give her a very special happy birthday to her. And um, she's going to be graduating in the spring with a, Nursing degree at Owens Community College. She definitely deserves deserves it. And she's earned her place in the world as being a nurse. Um, and she definitely deserves the drink that she's going to be getting on Friday night when she turns 21. So there's that for you. Happy birthday, Katie. And um, that's going to wrap it up for all of y'all for today. Don't forget to... Uh, to follow us on Twitter, it is at all Andy Alford. It is at all Andy Alford as well. And you can always be a part of the show by using the hashtag AAA Live. So until Tuesday, next Tuesday, when I talk to you, we'll recap the NFL 
divisional rounds as well as talk about the walleye and the blue jackets as well as we'll dive a little bit into college basketball as well so but until then this is andy offer saying i'm pulling for you we're all in this together game of life keep your stick on the ice and to the teams you root for at home and to my teams the jackets go jackets this is a big week let's get the job done three let's take three points let's get three points Two out of three. I'll take two out of three. Go walleye. Get the win out there in Idaho. Go Falcons. Go Chargers. And go Tigers. And go Indians. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I will talk to you guys next Tuesday for another edition of All Andy Alford. Love you, babe. Happy birthday, Katie. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network. Powered by Anchor. Follow us on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Alford.